Love Talk Radio. Grace Network. I am your PGN host, Book of Revelation Research Scientist. This is Nicole, and we are talking about the dead judged prophecy in the Book of Revelation. Here it is, the dead judged prophecy, reading from Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. John the Revelator says, And I saw a great white throne. And the one sitting on it, the earth and sky, fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That is the dead judged prophecy in its entirety. It is one of two statements of prophecy. In other words, one of two documentaries in the book of Revelation that are relatively short. It includes only five verses, but what a powerful prophecy. We're talking about the dead judged prophecy who are the dead the dead include those who failed to make the first resurrection let's go line by line verse by verse getting into the details of the dead judged prophecy let's start with its first verse revelation chapter 20 verse 11 The first sentence says, and I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. Let's pause there for a second. Who's I? I is John the Revelator. John the Revelator was called up to heaven as noted in Revelation chapter 4. And now he's with an angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord has begun to show him visions, external visions to himself. What are these? Moving pictures with sound. Today we'd call them movies. But these weren't uh, movies that included uh, fictionalized activities or uh, images created for the purposes of entertainment. The external visions that he was shown 
were visions created by an omniscient God, an all-knowing God. Time exists within God. There's the present, the past, and the future. There's before all time and the end of all time. What does it all mean? All of that exists within God. We are headed to the end of the world, and after the end of the world is the end of the time, end of time, and we're in eternity future. Now let's talk about this sentence. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. John the Revelator was called up to heaven. He was shown 12 documentaries, documentaries of future events. So what we are hearing is what he wrote down, and what he wrote down is exactly what he saw. So he didn't have my cell phone or your cell phone because if he had either of those, he could take it out and simply press record and For all time, we'd be able to see what he saw. But since he didn't have that, he was instructed to write down everything he saw. What's everything that he saw? He was shown 12 documentaries about end-time events, soon-coming events. Now, they weren't soon relative to when he was on this present earth, but they're soon relative to uh, our experience in chronological time on this present earth. So he's watching a documentary, the Dead Judge documentary. We're calling it the Dead Judge Prophecy because he wrote down in words what he saw in the documentary. And so he saw a great white throne and he saw one sitting on it. We hear later that the one sitting on it is God. The second sentence in verse 11 says, The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. Then he goes on to say, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. Now this is very important. If an individual is dead, how is it that he or she is standing before God's throne? Let's go back to the documentary immediately shown, um, immediately preceding this one. So John the Revelator was shown the Millennial Reign documentary, and then after the Millennial Reign documentary, he was shown this one, the Dead Judge documentary calling it the dead judge prophecy. Now, right in the middle of that documentary, something interesting is noted. Let's go back to it. Revelation chapter 20, verse 5, reading now from the millennial reign prophecy. It says in verse 5, the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. One more time, the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. So here we are, the thousand years have ended. So we're beyond the millennial reign prophecy. We're in the dead judged prophecy. So now 
the rest of the dead have come back to life. These are the individuals who did not participate in the first resurrection. Those who participated in the first resurrection are characterized this way throughout the Bible. Those who participate in the first resurrection are members of the royal race. They are the good fish that are kept. They are those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They are the wheat who are uh, harvested. They are the sheep. So those are the individuals who participated in the first resurrection. But now we are talking about individuals who participated in a second resurrection. Now, going back to the millennial reign prophecy before this great white throne judgment, which is for those who did not participate in the first resurrection, it's for the rest of the dead. Who are they? The rest of the dead are the goats. Elsewhere in the Bible, the rest of the dead are referred to as the bad fish who are thrown out. The rest of the dead are the tares or the weeds. The rest of the dead are those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, those who are not members of the royal race. So you might say, research scientists, you're talking about a second resurrection. Never heard of that before. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Let's go back to Revelation 20, verse 5, so we can be clear about the reality of two resurrections, two resurrections post-resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 says, they all came to life again and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And this is talking about the people who during the Great Tribulation did not take the mark of the beast and lost their lives because they refused to worship the statue of the Antichrist and refused to take the mark of the beast on their forehead or on their hands. And then it says in verse 5, the very first part of verse 5 in Revelation chapter 20, this is the first resurrection. Again, talking about what? The resurrection of those who are the sheep, the good fish, the wheat, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then in verse 6 it says, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Now why is it that they are blessed and they are holy? Every person who participates in the first resurrection is excluded from participating in the second resurrection. Every person who participates in the first resurrection transitions from mortality to immortality. Every person who participates in the first resurrection gets to be on this present earth in a leadership role, doing what? Ruling and reigning with whom? Jesus Christ. For how long? A thousand years. Revelation 20 verse 4 says, 
they all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Let us go back now to the dead judged prophecy. So here we are. The thousand years have ended. We're beyond that documentary. Uh, We are looking at the documentary that records those events that presented uh, those events that will happen in our future. But, of course, all time exists within God. So for God, it's the past, present, and future, right? All of time is inside of God. So God has created this documentary, and, and it's given to an angel of the Lord to show John the Revelator. And this is what he's shown in the Dead Judge Doctrine documentary verse 12 of revelation chapter 20 i saw the dead both great and small standing before god's throne now if the sheep have participated in the first resurrection they are no longer dead what does that mean It means that this can only be talking about those individuals who, instead of being on the present earth at the second coming of Jesus Christ or in heaven at the second coming of Jesus Christ, they were in another location. So when Jesus Christ returns, all who are children of God, are in one of two locations. I should let me back up. One of three locations. Um, those who are in Christ on the present earth. Those who are among the hundred forty-four thousand who will be in Christ, they're still on the present earth. And then, of course, those who are in heaven. So, heaven and earth, on the earth. Those are the only two locations of individuals who will participate in the first resurrection. But there are other human beings unaccounted for. Who are they? Those who are on the present earth who are not in Christ and those who are in Hades. Consider the individuals who died in 20 22, who had rejected God's plan for salvation, and those who died in 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018, and then we'll go back for all time. So individuals who did not find or who did not follow God's plan for salvation at the time that the individual lived on the earth. Those individuals are neither on this present earth nor are they residing in heaven, yet they continue to exist. Dying, the first death, is simply falling asleep. So the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, 
refers to several groups of people. Let's talk about the first group, everyone who has died who's in a prison of darkness. Where's the prison of darkness? Under the earth. Under the earth. When a person dies, the person becomes a disembodied spirit. Now, what do I mean by disembodied? So, of course, the Bible talks about having a heavenly body, but disembodied, when I use that term uh, shared in the Amplified Classic Translation, it's referring to a physical body, a physical body uh suitable for habitation on the present earth. So when a person experiences death, the individual has perfect continuity of life. These individuals who are among the goats, the tares, the weeds, the bad fish that will be thrown out, whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, when they died... They still had their same mind, will, and emotions. Their soul continued to exist, and they had their self-same spirit. But instead of being three in one, they're two in one. Two in one where? Soul and spirit in a prison of darkness in Hades. Hades in heaven, Hades is the destination for a disembodied human being when the individual experiences the first death and has not been to mediation with Jesus Christ. When an individual experiences the first death but has been to mediation, in other words, has made Jesus Christ his or her Lord and Savior and been born again, that individual goes to heaven. So right now, We're talking about after everyone who has gone to heaven, after they've already been brought back to life again. Revelation chapter 1 says Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead. That means that there are some that are coming after. Who? Every person who dies and who goes to heaven. The body, uh, the word says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who die in Christ. For those who die in Christ. Notice that it doesn't say for all. It says for those who die in Christ. Now, to be absent from the body is to be present in Hades for those who failed to die in Christ. Okay, so that's not scripture. That's me using parallel language to communicate that Hades is the temporary location, it's the storage tank, if you will, to go with Prophet Randy Chandler's uh, metaphor for present heaven. Present heaven is a storage tank for all believers who have died until the second coming of Jesus Christ, until the resurrection, until the rapture. Hades is the temporary storage tank. It's the holding cell, uh, the Prolific writer Randy Alcorn, who writes about heaven and other things, he's referred to heaven, present heaven, as a layover. Hades. The prisons of darkness in Hades are a layover. It's a layover for who? 
for these individuals right here, the dead, both great and small. So what happens? They are resurrected. We know that from the millennial reign prophecy. They are resurrected, and now they have already been resurrected. So we don't get a documentary about their resurrection. And you might say, well, you know, if I was writing the book of Revelation, I'd, I'd have that in there. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. For whatever reason, uh, we're not given a documentary about the details of their resurrection. We get a fast-forward in time to beyond the point in time when these individuals have already been resurrected, and now they are standing in a courtroom. They're about to uh, participate in a legal proceeding. They're standing before the great white throne. Let's go back to verse 12. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. So what's the key point? They're standing because they have been resurrected. Remember it said the rest of the dead were not brought back to life again until the thousand years have ended. So the thousand years have ended. Satan has been destroyed. And now it's time for Satan's children to have their cases heard. It's time to decide what happens to Satan's children. Do they live for eternity with God and his children, or do they live for eternity with Satan, their father? Now, I think you know where this is going. God's children live with him. Satan's children live with him. But let's see what the scripture says. Continuing in verse 12, and the books were opened including the book of life. Let's pause there. In heaven, there are books. So this is referred to in a couple of places. Uh, in Daniel chapter 7, there's an interesting note about uh, a book being opened with respect to the Antichrist. I, my perception, I believe, that it's, that we hear about the court proceeding that the Antichrist has before uh, he's thrown into the lake of fire, but we're going to stay here in the dead judge prophecy. The Antichrist has already been destroyed. The false prophet has already been destroyed. Satan's already been destroyed. Now, now it's time to find out what happens to the fourth enemy of God, Satan's children. It says, and the books were open, including the book of life. There are two pieces of damning evidence that God will use to make a final judgment regarding the children of Satan. Number one, the book that records, the book that has in it a recording of every person's actions, every person's actions, aims, motives, intentions, activities on this present earth. So not what the individual did once the individual died and was just uh, in a prison of darkness in Haiti. No, what the individual did when he or she was alive on this present earth. Now, everyone who has ever lived has a book that records his or her activities in heaven. But the Bible tells us elsewhere that all of our sins are blotted out. Who's, who's our? 
everyone who's been to mediation, everyone who has read Acts 238 or followed it or both. So if you've been to mediation, 1 Timothy chapter 5 says Jesus Christ is the only mediator between man and God the Father. So if you've been to mediation because you allowed Jesus Christ to be your mediator, you decide that. Your mom doesn't decide that. Your dad doesn't decide that. Your husband doesn't decide that. Your wife doesn't decide that. Your pastor doesn't decide it. Your imam doesn't decide it. Your rabbi doesn't decide it. You decide if you are going to mediation or not. I think you ought to do it. I think you ought to do it. I think you ought to get your case settled. There's no way possible that any person who's who's in court and who's facing on the opposing side, God, there's no chance for that person to win the case. Think about that. Even, even Johnny Cochran, even Johnny Cochran cannot beat God in the courtroom. You say, well, he, he wasn't that great. Okay, who's, who's, who's your best guy or your best gal talking about attorneys? Is it Alan Dershowitz? Is it, uh, you know, I'm forgetting right now Johnny Depp's, uh, his attorney. You know, give me the name of your best attorney. There's the, the, you say the most brilliant legal scholar or the, the best litigator that ever was. Take that guy or that girl, that woman, that man. That individual is not going to beat God in a court battle. It's not going to happen. Now, God tells us the two pieces of evidence that he's going to use to win his cases. Here they are. The books were opened, including the book of life. So there's a book for each person recording uh, that has in it what he or she has done, aims, motives, activities, actions, thoughts, and there's a book of life. So those two things. Now, the book of life is just a double check. We're going we're gonna to hear that in a moment. He only needs one piece of evidence, but he's so thorough. He's so thorough that he has that book of life to make Sure, to just show for all time that he is a just God and, and righteous, that the verdict is always correct. He only needs the one book, but he has two. Let's keep going. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Now, in order to understand this, you have to know this. The wages of sin is death. So that's the law, okay? And we're in a legal proceeding right now. We're in a legal proceeding right now, the final judgment. The final judgment isn't for everybody. It's not for everybody. The final judgment is for the children of Satan, Now, how is a verdict rendered? What is the standard being utilized to decide whether an individual is guilty or not? This, this is it right here. The wages of sin 
is death. Now, a question I have, this is just a sidebar. Why isn't it the wages of sin are death? I don't know. I keep looking at the different translations. It keeps having it written that way. The wages of sin is death. Let me tell you exactly where that appears in the Bible. So, so that's a law. That's a law. Uh, that appears in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, when I have heard that in the past, it didn't make much sense to me. Over time, through God renewing my mind, I've come to understand what it means, and I want to share, you, share with you my perception of what it means. The consequence of an individual engaging in one or more than one sin is necessarily death. So in human thinking, a thousand sins should have a different penalty than one sin. I think most of us would say, hey, if someone has a thousand sins, the consequence for that should be something heavier, uh, worse um, than the consequence for a person who has only one sin. But do you know, friend and truth seeker, you and I aren't deciding this thing. You did not decide that you were going to be created. I did not decide that I was going to be created. I cannot decide to uncreate myself, and neither can you. In the same way, we do not decide what the law is. God decides that. All right, now what was his decision? The wages of sin is death. That means that any sin, even one, has a consequence which is death for the individual, necessarily. doesn't matter if it's one sin, two sins, 1,800 sins, three million sins. Let's go to Hitler, six million sins, six million plus. You might say, well, I don't think that, I don't think that my neighbor who's an atheist should have the same consequence as Hitler who's responsible for the annihilation of six million people. Don't be mad at me when I tell you it hardly matters what you think about that. It hardly matters what I think about that. We are not the deciders. Do not let Satan attack your mind. We're not in a, a group discussion. God is the creator. We are the creation. He decides what will happen. He is the decider of the law, and he has decided that if a person has even one sin on his or her account, that that individual will not be permitted to walk with him, to see his face, to live with him on the new earth where he has chosen to live after the end of time forever and ever in a specific city, the New Jerusalem. I don't know about you, but I want to have my share on the new earth. 
I want to be on the new earth. I want to live on the new earth because on the new earth there will be no more sin, no more sorrow, no more death, no more pain, no more mourning, no more grief. The Antichrist is going to say he's ushering in a new world order and there will be peace on earth, but it's a lie. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Now, when do we arrive at permanent peace? Once all five enemies of God are destroyed. Now, we're at the final judgment, the great white throne judgment. This is enemy number four. Who's enemy number four? The children of Satan. Who's already been destroyed? The Antichrist, the false prophet that happened a thousand years earlier. Satan, that happened just a short while ago. At the end of the thousand years, now it's time to determine what is going to happen to the children of Satan. Now it says in verse 12 of Revelation chapter 20, And the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Let's keep going. Verse 13. Wait, let me back up. I want to go to the Amplified Classic Translation because we need to hear what's in these books. And in the Amplified Classic Translation, we get a lot of uh, details. Okay, so they were judged based on what's in the books. Let's go to that same verse, Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. It says, Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged, sentenced by what they had done, their whole way of feeling and acting, their aims and endeavors. So what does that mean? God is watching. God is watching and recorded in a book in heaven is the aims, the endeavors, the actions of every person who has ever existed. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, let me back, let me back up for a second. So, you might say, well, if everyone has a book in heaven and all of our activities and aims and actions and intentions are noted in it, why is it that the individuals who are members of the royal race, why is it that the sheep, those who participated in the first resurrection, why, why are they not subject to participation in the great white throne judgment? Number one, everyone who participates in the first resurrection has already been to mediation. So they've had their case settled. And note here in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 22, it says, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions and like a cloud your sins. What does that mean? He's whited that out in your book. So once you go to mediation, once I go to mediation, God has, he has blotted out all of our actions that 
were unholy. All of our actions that were outside of uh, cooperation with God, outside of the plans of God, outside of agreement with God, outside of the laws of God. So are we any better than those who are participating in the great white throne judgment? Of course not. But we've been to mediation and they haven't. So you might say, I think I'm a good person. I doubt it. I doubt it. Now, don't be mad at me when I say that. I'm not a good person either. The Bible says none is good, only Jesus. We've all sinned. You might say, well, I have only three sins. That might be true. Now, it's probably the case that the number of your sins is fewer than the number of mine. But don't use me as the standard. Jesus Christ is the standard, and he committed no sins relative to him, Relative to him, we are all bad. Now, it's not because we want to be. We inherited the propensity to sin from Adam, Adam and Eve. Now, this is nothing to uh, stress out about if, if you understand that you can simply go to mediation and get your case settled. You can get 100% of these Sins noted in your book in heaven, blotted out. Isaiah 44, chapter 22, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions. What are transgressions? Sins. He says, I have blotted them out. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. When he died on the cross, he hadn't committed any sins. The wages of sin is death. That means, wait a minute. Since he never sinned, but he died, if you allow him to, he can just, the penalty, death, which he suffered, he can, he can put that in your account, and then you can go free. What does that mean? You can transition to immortality, even though the wages of sin is death and you have sinned. Even though the wages of sin is death and I have sinned, he died sinless. He found a workaround. Hallelujah. What's the workaround? The wages of sin is death, but when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that's a workaround. Working around that law. So the workaround allows us to transition from death to life. Jesus Christ was the firstborn of the dead. Friend and truth seeker, are you going to be among the secondborn? I want you to be. Now let's go back to the dead judged prophecy. It says, Revelation 20, verse 13, The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. So the sea gave up its dead. That refers to the nations. So there will be, during the millennial reign, mortals and immortals. Those mortals who uh, they were born in the image of Adam, that means that death is in them. Then it says, and death and the grave gave up their dead. Now, that's normally what we think of, right? We know that in Hades, in prisons of darkness, 
are those who have died. And death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Now, you might say, well, what were their deeds? doesn't matter. <laughs> it's their sins. Now, you and I, we're going to – the way the human mind thinks, we want to know, is the child molester going to get exactly what he deserves? And uh, what about the guy who stole, you know, the Sam Bankman guy, for example? However many millions or billions it is, you know, people feel especially outraged about that, um, as they should be. But listen, friend, even if you never stole a dime, if you have one sin debt and somebody else is in there at this great white throne judgment and that individual has a 100 million sin debts, you're both on your way to the same place. God has a different standard. It's not an everybody wins, you know, in 2023 in our culture. We like to have everybody wins. You know, I work often as a faculty member. I have colleagues, they don't want no student should fail ever, no matter what. The student has done nothing, but they don't want the student to fail. They don't want to award the great earn. Listen, it's not an everybody wins situation. Okay. God is a just God. He is a just God. If a person has committed a crime and a sin is a crime, whether it's murder or adultery or uh, rape, you know, the list goes on. Whatever the sin is, if a person has committed this crime and the debt hasn't been paid for, it's going to be paid for. God is going to collect. What does that mean? He's going to separate the sinners from the saints. They will not be permitted to pollute the new earth. They will not be permitted to corrupt the new earth. They will not be permitted to linger in their evil and to have it spread like a disease on the new earth to come. Therefore, these individuals must be thrown into the lake of fire, forever separated from God and forever separated from you and me. Members of the royal race, those who will live with God the Father, the children of God forever and ever. Now God wants everyone to repent of their sins, to go to mediation to reject evil, to accept the truth. But not everyone will do it. Not everyone will do it. No matter what you do, there are some people who they just don't want to listen. They just don't want to do right for whatever reasons. That's a reality. Let, let, let you not be among them. Come out from among them. The rebellious, those who love evil more than the truth, those who are seduced by the wisdom of men. Now, I'll be honest with you. For most of my life, I have worked with people who are very smart. They have advanced degrees. I worked for one guy. He had uh, many degrees. 
it's a it's a comfort zone for me. Uh, higher education, I like learning. But do you know that there's a wisdom that's higher than man's wisdom? The Greeks were obsessed with human wisdom, and the Bible says the Jews were obsessed with the sign. Let every truth seeker be obsessed with the wisdom of God. If you are truly a truth seeker, don't be seduced by the uh, the wisdom of men, by the beautiful language of, of those with the gift of gab. You know, uh, Hitler was a horrible person. He had the gift of gab. He seduced people with his beautiful language, with the way that he gesticulated. And he had a command presence about him but sure enough he was of the devil sure enough he was against everything that is good and righteous sometimes things can seem right but they're wrong sometimes a person can seem smart but he's dumb sometimes a person can seem intelligent but he's totally devoid of knowledge and truth Now, I don't say that to be offensive, and certainly, certainly, I do not count myself among those who are most intelligent among us. What I am saying is that we need to go to the Word of God. I need to go to it. I believe you need to go to it. Why? That's where we can find the truth. That's where we can find the wisdom of God. Sometimes the wisdom of men line up with the wisdom of God, but often it doesn't. Therefore, we must renew our minds daily, allowing the thoughts of God to dominate the meditations of our mind and our hearts so that we can come closer to him, so that we can shed the shackles that keep us believing a lie. I don't know about you, But I want every false belief that I have to come up out of my mind and out of my heart. I want to know what is true. Now let's continue to find out what's going to happen to the children of Satan. It says, and all were judged according to their deeds. Revelation 20, verse 13. And then verse 14 says, then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Let me say this in 15 seconds, then I want to explain in detail. The lake of fire is permanent destruction. All five of God's enemies are permanently destroyed by being placed in or thrown into the lake of fire. Who are God's five enemies? The Antichrist, the false prophet, Satan, the children of Satan, and death itself. When all five of these enemies of God are destroyed, God returns. What does that mean? God comes back to earth, but not to a corrupted earth, but to a new earth, a holy earth, a perfected, glorified earth. Revelation 21 refers to it as a new earth. And we're also going to get new heavens. So everything that's been touched and polluted by Satan and his flunkies is going to be destroyed. And his children will be destroyed. What does that mean? 
Destruction is being forever separated from God. Destruction is dwelling in the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. Gehenna is the lake of fire. Hades is not. So you need to decide. You need to decide if you're going to mediation or not. If you've been to mediation, great. What does that mean? Have you made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Are you on your way to living in a DNA-free body? DNA, uh, what I mean to say is 100% free of DNA errors body. Are you on your way to living in your perfected, glorified, immortal body, or are you on your way to living in the lake of fire? Now, if you if you get this new, perfect, glorified body, that means you're on your way to living on the new earth. If you do not get your new body, that means you're on your way to living in the lake of fire. Now, the lake of fire is a place of torment. It's forever and ever. It's beyond time, and it's for eternity. One of the the lies of Satan is to cause you to think and to cause me to think that our opinion is somehow impactful on the decision of God with respect to the final destination for every human being. And the truth is, it isn't. It hardly matters what I would do if I were the decider of what happens at the great white throne judgment. It hardly matters what you would do if you were the presiding judge. Now, don't be mad at that. It's just like, think think of it this way. If you were in charge of what the earth looks like, maybe the sea would be, maybe the sea would be orange because orange is your favorite color. And the default color for the sky on a sunny day would be pink instead of blue. Maybe you think that would be more pleasing. Notice that that's not the case. And it's not going to be the case. And I don't say this to be antagonistic or to provoke you to anger, but to provoke you to thought, to provoke me to thought. In 2023, folks want to make it seem like everything's a a discussion. We're going to get together and figure out the right thing to do. God's not going to powwow with you and me to decide what should happen at the great white throne judgment. He's already decided that. You are not going to be on God's legal team at the great white throne judgment. He's not going to collaborate with you and allow you to make a decision about what's going to happen. Don't be mad at that. Adjust your behavior so that you are getting the outcome that you desire. Now, there are two outcomes. Either a person 
is excluded from participation in the great white throne judgment or the individual is a litigant. Don't have God charging you. Don't have God bringing a case against you in court because you're going to lose. You are going to lose if God is prosecuting you. Every person who participates in this great white throne judgment loses. Now, Johnny Cochran won his case with O.J., but even Johnny Cochran cannot win at the great white throne judgment if he is there. Does it matter if he has some gloves and it doesn't fit or, you know, he has some rhymes, he has a nice outfit on Listen, Alan Dershowitz is not going to win. No attorney, no litigator, no human being is smarter than God. No human being is more just than God. God is going to get a righteous verdict. And the truth is, is that every sinner deserves to die. And that includes me. So unless I can get my sin debt paid for, and unless you can get your sin debt paid for, Gehenna is the new home that is in the future. It doesn't have to be. If if you're hearing my voice, it's within your discretion. It's within your power to decide if you're going to go to mediation or not. Now, don't be scared about this. Mediation is easy. All you have to do is follow Acts chapter 2, verse 38. You don't need a priest to walk you through it. You don't need any ma'am. You can go to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Read that. You can Repent of your sins. Simply say, God, you're right. I am a sinner, and uh, I don't want to. I don't want to commit these evil acts. I don't. I don't want to transgress anymore. I want to turn away from wickedness. The world has wickedness, and I want to turn away from participation in wicked deeds. I'm sorry about that. I repent. So repent simply means turning away, like turning your back, saying, I'm walk, I'm through with this. I purpose in my mind and my heart to do right in the sight of God, according to God's plans and purposes. Then make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Say, I make you Jesus Christ Lord of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. You died, but you were sinless. Thank you that you're going to substitute your death for the one that I should have so that I can transition to immortal life, so that I can bypass a permanent death and participate in eternal life in a real body, a tangible body, a glorified, perfected, Immortal body. Get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? The Bible tells us we get baptized for the remission of our sin debt. What's remission mean? Payment. 
payment. Part of mediation is the payment. So when Jesus died on the cross, the blood of Jesus is sufficient to pay. Now, Hitler's sin debt, that's going to be more probably than my sin debt or yours. Either way, we need the blood of Jesus Christ for payment of the sin debt. Get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptized into his death. Hallelujah. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come and dwell on the inside of you. That means that during that means that you get power right now when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You get the power of God working in you. You get a 24-hour counselor. Now God can talk to anybody at any time, but when God is dwelling on the inside of you as the Holy Spirit, then you got a 24-hour counselor, 24-hour psychologist. 24-hour psychiatrist, 24-hour teacher, 24-hour prophet, hallelujah. You want to have the Holy Spirit. You want to be able to hear from God. You need his counsel. The Holy Spirit is the comforter and the wise counselor. We've been talking about the dead judged prophecy today. We're going to talk about the millennial reign prophecy and the new earth prophecy to understand that these three prophecies hang together. What am I saying? Documentary number 10, documentary number 11, and documentary number 12 in the book of Revelation these three documentaries, we can refer to them as prophecies because John the Revelator wrote down in words what he saw in these documentaries. So these three documentaries focus exclusively on what happens after Jesus Christ fights and wins the Battle of Armageddon. So in a nutshell, the Millennial Reign Prophecy, what happens? Enemy number three of Jesus Christ, uh, enemy number three of God is destroyed by Jesus Christ, Satan. Documentary number 11, the dead judge prophecy, what we heard today, enemies number four and five are destroyed. Who are they? The children of Satan and enemy number five, death itself. How are they destroyed? They're both thrown into the lake of fire. We heard it. They're both thrown into the lake of fire where they will remain after the end of time and forever and ever in eternity future, for the eternities of eternities. Now, documentary number 12, prophecy in the book of Revelation, what happens? God the Father, he makes a new earth and new heavens, and he relocates his home from present heaven to the new earth, and all of his children, every human being whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life gets to see him, gets to walk with him and Jesus Christ. Now, hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. The Lord our God is one. God the Father gave himself a human form. So Jesus Christ is both God and the Son of God. And he has a spirit form, the Holy Spirit. Why? So that he can be with us. 
even while we're on this present earth physically and he's in present heaven physically so we can fellowship with him so we can powwow with our father as his holy spirit resides in us right now satan doesn't want you to powwow with god he wants you to powwow with him he wants you to think his thoughts carry out his plan focus on his agenda sing his songs but god has a a better plan for you Jeremiah 29:11 I know the plans and purposes that I have for you plans to give you a hope and a future God has good plans for you Don't be afraid Be excited God has something good scheduled for you Do you want it Are you going to cooperate with God You don't have to But you can I think you should Sometimes people don't want to cooperate. God has something good for them, but they want this other thing. I remember years ago, years ago there was a very cute house for sale um, in Washington, D.C. That's the city I was born in. Uh, One of the rooms was painted pink. I've always wanted a pink room, never had one. Always wanted to live in a pink room, and in this house, one of the bedrooms was pink. So that seemed perfect to me, and the house was little, and, uh, you know, I was just one person at that time, didn't live with anyone else. I wasn't married, and um, the owner of the house, he and his wife were moving uh, down south someplace. He wanted to sell it to me. It was $140,000. Couldn't get qualified for that amount, And uh, I was just devastated. I really, really wanted that house. Um, Little did I know God had a a nicer house for me, a better house for me, a more suitable house for me, a safer house for me. I thank God that he caused me to not go that way but to go the better way. I want you to think about that. Think about the fact that God has something good for you. You are on his mind. He has plans and purposes for you. The Bible tells us even the number of hairs on your head are numbered. Numbered by who? Numbered by God. Why? Because he's watching you. He's thinking about you. You know, when person has a baby you see parents they're just looking at the baby they're excited you know for us as bystanders maybe the baby can hold our attention for a couple minutes maybe even an hour or two but a certain at a certain point we're like well, the baby's not doing much and maybe we start thinking about other things uh baby can't hold our attention uh, but for those parents the baby's always excited uh exciting For those parents, the baby's always exciting, and they want to look at the baby. They want to hold the baby. Even when they're doing something else, they're still thinking about the baby. You're the baby. You are like that for God. He's always thinking about you, planning for you, loving 
on you. Satan wants you to love on him. Satan wants you to reject God. Satan wants you to be his child instead of God's child. Satan wants you to take his mark because God says, I'm going to put my mark on your forehead. Revelation chapter 22, verse 4. God wants to put his mark on your forehead, and he promises he's going to do that. Revelation chapter 3, it's in there as well. But Satan says, no, 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 I want you. Come and be my child. Now, what do you get if you if you fail to go to mediation and you therefore are a child of Satan? It's just like the Super Bowl. If you're participating in the Super Bowl, either you're on one team or the other. There's not a third team. So any person who's failed to go to mediation is not on Team Jesus, and by default is on Team Satan. So when we're born, we're automatically on Team Satan. Now, the world doesn't want to hear that. They say, a baby's innocent. A baby's born in the image of of Adam. A baby is a sinner. Don't be mad at that. A one-year-old is a sinner. Now, can a one-year-old be held accountable? I don't think so. You have to reach the age of accountability to be held accountable. But I'm pointing out we're born sinners. Now, what do you get? You're of the age of accountability, as noted in the Bible. What do you get if you decide not to go to mediation? And therefore, when it comes to the first resurrection and the second resurrection, you participate in the second one, well... That means you get to go to the great white throne judgment as a litigant. That means that you get to have all your sins read out loud in a court proceeding where other people can hear them. That means that you get to be with Satan forever and ever in the lake of fire. That means you get to be with all the other foolish people who believed the lies of Satan, you get to be with them and fellowship with them forever and ever where? In the lake of fire. That means that you get to avoid living on the new earth where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more tears, no more mourning, no more death. That means that you opt out of Transitioning from mortality to immortality, that means you do not put on your new body, but you only ever have a body where death is encoded in your DNA. So you've only had an inferior body. You never upgrade to the perfected, glorified body that all members of the royal race get. So right now, Jesus, he is upgraded. He is living in his perfected, glorified body, the one that he put on when he rose from the dead, the one that he ascended to heaven in. So that means you'll never get to uh, be in a body where you can fly. Notice that the first thing that believers do when we transition from mortality to immortality is we fly. We rise up. We rise up to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds. How? Because we're in that amazing, perfected, glorified, immortal body. So if you are team Satan, 
you opt out of that. It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense, truth seeker and friend. Satan is not sexy. Satan is not exciting. Satan is not fantastic. Satan is a fool. And I think that any person who allows himself or herself to be on Team Satan is also a fool. Now, that's my opinion. That doesn't mean it's true. You are the decider of it. In my opinion, life on the new earth in a peak performance immortal body is better than life in a lake of fire with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. Life with individuals who are wise and who are living with God and for God is better than life with people who are foolish and life with Satan and people who believe the lies of Satan. That's what I think. I'm guessing you think that too. I'm guessing that you think that too. Now listen, God is smarter than you. Let me say that again. God is smarter than you. Let me say it one more time. God is smarter than you, and you already know he's smarter than me. So if you're thinking, I don't like the great white throne judgment, you need to throw that thought you need to throw that thought out. That is a thought from Satan. The great white throne judgment is the it's the court proceeding that's going to allow us to finally transition to perfect peace on the new earth. We can't get to perfect peace when the children of Satan are lying, cheating, whoring, raping, stealing, murdering. We can't get to perfect peace with all those individuals on the earth. We need the great white throne judgment to rid to rid the world of those people who are allowing the evil of Satan to rule and reign in their lives. We've got to separate from those individuals. We have to. We have to. The Great White Throne Judgment is an exciting time. It's an important event. Don't be mad about it. Make sure you're on the right side of the law. What does that mean? Make sure you've been to mediation. You're not going to win in a court case when God is the prosecutor. You're not. Don't let Satan deceive you. Now, I'm so excited that you have given time and attention to hearing the word of God. Do you know that there's a special blessing that comes on every person who hears the words of prophecy in the book of Revelation? That's noted in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. It says that every person who hears the words of prophecy in the book of Revelation is blessed. And it also says... uh, Those who obey them are blessed. Now, how do you obey a prophecy? Comply with all explicit and implicit instructions. Let me say that again. Comply with all explicit and implicit instructions. So an explicit instruction is when God specifically says to do something. An implicit instruction is there 
but it's not said directly. Now, what's the implicit instruction in the dead judge prophecy? It's this. Do not participate as a litigant in the great white throne judgment. Do not find yourself in front of me at court. That's what God is saying to me and to you. Do not allow yourself to come into my courtroom and have me bring a case against you. According to Isaiah chapter 44, 22, Jesus says, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions. Now, when those books are opened, if your transgressions are not blotted out, then that means God not only has a case against you, but he's about to win. He's about to win. That's the evidence that he needs. The wages of sin is death. All right. I'm belaboring the same point, so forgive me for doing that, but I'm doing it because it's so critical. It's so important. The most important thing that any person can accomplish in life is to find and follow the will of God. That is success. The will of God is for you to be his child, for you to be in right standing with him, to be a part of his family. Now, you might say, you know, this world is crazy. I don't understand what the point of life is. Let me, let me share with you what it is. Let me share with you from the word of God. God wanted a forever family, so he created time. And in the context of time, there's the world. And in the world, there's the earth and the heavens. And the earth is going to yield a crop. What's the crop? It's God's forever family. It's the wheat. The wheat will be harvested. The bride of Christ is every man, every woman who finds and follows God's plan for salvation, whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that's the point of life. The point of life is for you to take your place as a member of the royal race, for you to transition from being a son of Adam to being a son or daughter of God, for you to get the inheritance that God has planned for you. So in other words, the point of life is for you to get in agreement with God's plans. Now, his plans are manyfold, but the number one plan is for you to be in his forever family. So that's the point, that's the point of this whole thing. The point of this whole thing is not for man to rule himself. It's obvious man cannot rule himself. The Antichrist's new world order is not going to result in peace. Only the kingdom of God on this present earth and the new earth to come will bring perfect peace and a peace that lasts forever and ever. So if you are feeling hopeless, maybe you've had some hardships, maybe you've experienced pain because... Uh, We are in a world of pain. 
this this world is fallen. We're under the curse. This is a finite experience that we're having right now. Time is finite. What does that mean? It has a beginning point and an end point. That's all that means. The world is coming to an end. We're on our way to eternity. We're on our way to the new earth. We're on our way to no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more mourning, no more death. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26 says, And the last enemy he destroys will be death. And John the Revelator was shown the reality of the destruction of death, which happens at the great white throne judgment the dead are judged that's the rest of the dead the children of satan the bad fish the tares the goats the weeds they are judged they're thrown into the lake of fire and then god's fifth and final enemy death itself is destroyed it's thrown into the lake of fire that's the second death it's permanent It's time. It's time for Daniel's 70th week to emerge in the present. Very soon, Israel will get the green light to rebuild its third temple. That means that very soon, the Ten Nation Alliance, noted in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, will dominate economic and political affairs. That fifth and final government in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it will be here. It will be in effect. Why do we care about that? The Great Tribulation, which is the wrath, The great tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan, is followed by the seven final plagues. That's the wrath of God. Culminates with the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming soon. You don't have forever. Today is the day of God's salvation for you and for me. Make sure your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Make sure your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Make sure that in your book in heaven, your sins, your transgressions are blotted out. It can only happen if you've been to mediation. And First Timothy, chap- Timothy chapter 5 says, Jesus Christ is the only mediator. Now, don't be mad at me. You might say, well, what about Muhammad? Or uh, what about Moses? Certainly Moses was a great man, but he's not the mediator between you and the Father, between me and the Father, Jesus Christ is. Now, you can put in any name. What about Gandhi? What about Buddha? Friend and truth seeker, don't be deceived by the lies of Satan. Jesus Christ is the only mediator. He's the only person who died and rose again. The only person who transitioned from the first death to eternal life in a physical body. Think about that. Where is Muhammad? Is he is he in the uh, resurrected body? Don't be offended when I'm I'm telling you what the word of God says. I'm so happy that you are a truth seeker. Every truth seeker, if you really have a heart for truth, 
and you you want God with all your heart. You say, God, I am looking for you. I I have to find you. If you are a truth seeker, you will find God. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. You will find him when you seek him with all your heart. I want to thank you for being with me and with us today. I want to invite you to call. I want to invite you to call. You can call during the live broadcast. This uh we have two PGN numbers. This number is one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. I'm not afraid for you to challenge the Bible. I'm not afraid of hard questions. Do you have a hard question? Is there something that you you really need to know? I'm not talking about people who are just contentious and they just want to argue, but Honestly, are are you really trying to find out what is the meaning of life? Who is God? Where is God? If you if you really have a a question and and it's hard to answer and you're looking for an answer, I want to point you to that answer in the Bible. I want to communicate the reality of the truth as God has presented it to us in his word. So I invite you to share your heart questions with me and with us. The PGN phone number is one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. The live internet broadcast for this program, Secrets Revealed, Understand the Truth, the uh, Understand the Book of Revelation from start to finish, Secrets Revealed. We are on every Sunday at twelve noon Texas time. That's one p.m. Eastern, and at eleven a.m. On Thursdays, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, that's 10 a.m. Texas Time. So you can call during the live Internet broadcast to listen, or if you want to connect uh, to us, talking live on the air, you can text 1214-505-8719. Maybe you say, um, you know, maybe you have some kind of role where if people heard your voice on the Internet or on the radio, that would be a problem. You can just text in anonymously. You can also call in anonymously, but if you say, people can't hear my voice because, you know, ABC thing, that's fine. You can simply text one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. I invite you and encourage you to take a look at the one-page basic study notes. So there are uh, available for you the one-page basic study notes that accompany all of the discussions for this program, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic. Today's date is November 5th of 2023. You can listen to this program again and previous programs by going to Apple Podcasts or the Blog Talk site. You can also go to Apple Podcasts. Some folks really like that. If uh, if you like that, please do that so you can uh, hear not only this current program again, but some of the past ones might be useful for you to listen to again. I believe that they are. I'm so glad that you were here. I never take for granted your time. There are a thousand other things you could have been doing, but you chose to hear the Word of God, hear the book, of revelation with me and with us today thank you for doing that thank you for doing that i 
and praying that you will have a wonderful end of day, a wonderful week, and I look forward to being with you again very soon. And if you haven't done so yet, according to Jeremiah 33.3, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Until next time, friend.